Hello, you're listening to Dear God, What the Hell? I'm Amanda. And I'm Christina. If you're wondering who the heck we are and where on earth we came from, we suggest checking out season one before you dive into season two with us. Basically, we're two women who grew up in the white American evangelical church and unpacked our upbringing on air for you to hear. And in season two, we will read and research popular passages from the Bible, discuss how and when we learned them, and apply historic, cultural, and feminist lenses to them. Welcome back, and as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Christina. What's up, Amanda? How you doing? I am doing great. I am drinking a gin and LaCroix. Love that. Actually, that is actually perfect. I usually do um, like a gin, and then I like doing it with like a lemon-lime bubble water. Ooh, I think mine is passion fruit or hibiscus. Close enough. It's pretty good for that stuff. It really is. I was looking at like our bar cart and like we, the pandemic has made us drink less because we're like pretty much only social drinkers. So we only drink when we hang out with people, which we haven't done very much of that in the past year. But I was like, hmm, this looks good. And Brandon just put like a fresh palette of LaCroix in the refrigerator. So I was like, perfect. Perfect. Keeping it stocked. Love that, Brandon. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, babe. Yeah, um, I've got two things to say. First and foremost, um, your girl is fully vaccinated. Hey, oh, and to anyone who's scared, I will say that um, after my second dose, I had little to no side effects. Yeah, so don't be scared. Everyone's body is different. The biggest thing I can recommend is like hydrate. Before you go in, um, make sure you're not dehydrated because I feel like that's going to just amplify the symptoms, especially the headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I popped a vitamin C pill and I just tried my best to sleep through it. Yep. Which is honestly, I was going to say like sleeping through it is probably the wisest advice because you got yours in the morning, right? I did. I got mine at 830 okay. bright and early. <laughs> almost, almost everyone I've heard who got theirs like bright and early in the morning has had like the less noticeable effects because they like literally slept through the worst parts. And I wish that I had gotten mine earlier in the morning rather than like early to mid afternoon because like by the next morning I was wrecked Yeah, because it was like 12 to yeah it was like 12 to 18 hours after I had gotten the shot and like the symptoms were like boom 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 and I was like no yeah and like I will admit like I had headaches um which I nipped real quick with some Tylenol um I had like a little bit of like I got lightheaded once when I sit up and then Mm. I had some lower back pain at one point, um, nothing like a heating pad couldn't fix. And then I slept a lot. So biggest recommendation after you get the vaccine, make sure you have a couple days off. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, Make sure you got a couple days off. Otherwise you're going, you're going to be struggling a bit, but just, just know. Um, Yeah. But the, uh, the event that I went to was like a well-oiled machine. Oh, they, uh, it was being run by uh, the fire department of the area, and uh, my dumb ass looked like a complete bum. And I didn't realize this till later, but I wore my Fire Nation. Oh, soccer's theme, like so, like Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. Fire Nation, um, 
there's a store that sells like these. They almost look like soccer jerseys. Uh-huh. So mine said Fire Nation on it. And then it had like Love a random it. number and then Zuko on the back. Love that. And I wore that to an event hosted by the fire department. I was like, I don't know whether I'm like super cute and adorable, but also just, oh, it could be just a dumbass. Love that so much. Anyway. um, Yeah. And I feel like I should. Um, should I tell our. Uh, our lovely listeners about my bath and body works experience um yes but also i think you owe me a candle if you do that oh no i've already lit them <laughs> though no it's it's fine i'm just giving you a hard time yeah tell them about it and okay. how much we love bath and body works um because this was a mistake on their end and i know i don't feel bad because i know that they've made bank over the last year from their hand sanitizers alone Ooh. Like, from their hand sanitizers alone, they have made bank. Yeah, because every other hand sanitizer in the world is disgusting and slimy right now. And it smells like just pure rubbing alcohol or, like, bad decisions in college. So I like my one vanilla one. But, yeah, otherwise, you're right. Yeah. So I ordered a ton of wallflowers. And for those of you who may not know, the wallflowers are just, like, kind of like room scents. So Mm. you screw them into a plug, it heats up, and then it fills the room with a lovely smell. Um, so I ordered a few of those because I was completely out and I was like, I need my place to smell nice. So I get a notification because my apartment has an Amazon locker that they put these boxes in. So I get a notification saying, hey, you have a package of the Amazon locker. I was like, all right, cool. It's probably the wallflowers. And then maybe four hours later, I get another message saying, hey, you got another package at the Amazon locker. I was like, I was like, oh, no, did I order something when I was drunk? I don't know. (laughs) Bad idea. Don't do that. Put your just turn it off when you're drunk so you don't online shop. But I was just like, I don't think I ordered anything else. So I go down to the Amazon locker. I open the one door and I feel the box and I'm like, all right, this is definitely the wallflowers because they're very light. They're very small. They don't weigh that much. And then I get the other box and it weighs a ton. And I'm like, oh, pardon you know, I'm just like, I I don't know what this is, but they're both from Bath and Body Works. And I'm just really confused. And the thing is, is they're both addressed to me. They have my name on it, my address. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay. So I get the boxes up to my apartment and I open the one that I know is the wallflowers. I'm like, all right, the invoice is there. Perfect. Awesome. Everything that I ordered is in there. And then I open the second box because it's addressed to me. So I open it, and there are five candles, a bubble bath, and then um, a spray slash lotion duo. And I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't mine. And I look at the invoice, but there's no invoice on it. It says, like, place on takeaway and – or it says, it's exception, place on takeaway – Blah, 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 blah. And I have, I had no idea what that meant. So I messaged the, um, I messaged Bath and Body Works. I was like, hey, so this happened. And they were just like, huh, what's the order number? I was like, that's the thing is there's no invoice number on it, but it, and it was addressed to me. And they were just like, okay, if you can, if you get a chance, that's two ifs. Yeah. Uh, just taken into your local Bath and Body Works. I was like, okay, that was one too many ifs for me. I'm going to keep it. 
Yup. So I was like, maybe it's just life saying, hey, you needed something nice. And I'm like, thank you. I did. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. So I basically, I gave a, a good chunk of the stuff away. I think the only things that I kept was two candles and a bubble bath. I gave two candles to my neighbors, another candle to my, uh, to my boyfriend. And then the body spray and the lotion are going to Adriana. So I'm just like, I didn't keep all of it. And I was just like, okay and i asked my buddy who actually works at uh, amazon i was like do you have any idea what this phrasing means and he goes well to me it sounds like your order was very small so they packed another order right behind it but maybe there was something wrong with it you know they didn't package it correctly whatever they were supposed to place it on a takeaway and take it back but instead what they did was put your ass on both of them and send them both to you i was like well (laughs) perfect yep so i um, love that it was a great time and i got i got a candle that smells like lemons and i got a candle that smells like i think uh mango mai tai Ooh, that sounds amazing my apartment smells very fruity right now and i got all their summer scents and so I, i i like fruity smells i don't like very floral stuff so um i also have a uh like I have an apple wallflower in my room and I'm like, this is wonderful. I just yeah. live in root <laughs> and I love it. That sounds amazing. I feel like hearkening back to last week's episode, we should find a plot of land and plant a vineyard. So we always have fruit around us. Yes, absolutely. Honestly. I'm down. And then, so you know, down. wine. Uh, Yeah, dude, there's so much good land in like the middle of our state like oh man so many good places to plant things so much grow things truly you know on the drive up north there's like nothing (sighs) it's so beautiful up there um hot as hell in the summer still but yes but amanda speaking of plants she's got uh stuff that's sprouting and growing and i'm very proud of her and her green thumb because i tend to kill things Thank you. I literally just bought the seeds one day and decided like, hell, I'm going to plant some food in my front patio. And I'm very impressed that my lettuce and kale and basil are growing and a little concerned about my cilantro, parsley and whatever other herb I planted. I don't know if they're ever going to sprout. It's going to get hot here in a month, but I'm really hopeful that they might actually end up becoming plants by then. Well, I love that we've got like the start of these these plants growing because it it it, it just goes right into today's episode, which is oh. about the creation story. Yes, catch me feeling all sorts of nostalgic about this. Oh my gosh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That was my best movie announcer voice. I know it wasn't good. I'm sorry. Oh, that it's was been my, a like- while since I've been to the movies. <laughs> that's totally fair that is totally fair i don't think there's really anything good in the theaters right now anyways yeah no that's why i i look at the schedule for the drive-in because they have um they'll (sighs) usually do like throwback movies and stuff like that dude just name a time we have the truck now so we can watch it before it gets hot though before it gets like hella hot at night yeah that's true i mean we just chuck a bunch of pillows in there and call it good too exactly popcorn too yeah as soon as you had the truck i was like i'm gonna bring this up to amanda and be like hey you want to do a double date to the uh 
We've already talked about going to the drive-in sometime. We just haven't done it yet. Yes. I mean, we've also only had the truck for like a week and a half. So yeah. <laughs> we, we'll see. We'll see. We'll plan something. Um, but yeah, so today's episode, our lovely listeners, is all about the creation story and other creation tales because Amanda and I are going to look at um, some other aspects of this story. Yeah. Um, but I would love to, do we want to go over like the general idea of the creation story or are we going to assume that most of our uh, listeners have been through enough church trauma to know it? I can summarize it real quick. Go for it. Love it. Go. Um, God create him, created Adam bit. And that's the end of it. I'm just kidding. No. So <laughs> that was so basically Genesis chapters one through three is the creation story. And it details like how God created the earth in seven days, starting with um, actually, I don't even remember the order in which it goes, but. I'm going to come back to that in a second. So God created the earth and God was like, hmm, let's make something in my image. So he made Adam. Then he gave Adam dominion over the land and basically said, hey, Adam, name all of these animals. And as he was naming them and being like, hey, giraffe, hey, elephant, hey, cheetah, um, Adam realized that he didn't have a partner. So God said, hmm, how about you go to sleep? put Adam to sleep, took a rib out and created woman. And then Adam was like, Hey girl. And Eve was like, Hey dude. Um, and then they were living happy lives. And then God was like, okay, you see this whole garden. It was very like, um, Lion King esque when Mufasa uh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought up to of. the edge and says Everything like, the light look touches. at this. Yes. But you cannot go to the shadow land. So God essentially did that with Adam and Eve and says, everything that the light touches is yours, except for that one tree in the middle of the garden, which of course it had to be in the middle of the garden, because why would it be anywhere else? Right. Um, don't touch that or don't eat that fruit because it'll reveal things to you. So then one day Eve is um, walking through the garden, la, 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 la. And then a snake comes up to her and says, hey, girl, how's it going? Um, the snake had Ryan Gosling's voice and was very sexy and sultry. Yeah. And uh, he says, Ooh, did you try this fruit yet? And Eve's like, no, I'm not even supposed to touch that fruit. And the snake is like, oh, come on, girl. It's not bad. One bite. And apparently Adam was standing there the whole fucking time and could have been like, no, Eve, don't touch that. So Eve touches it and takes a bite of it and then passes it to Adam. And Adam takes a bite and then God cries. Um, and then they get very aware that they are naked and then they hide from God. The next time God comes by for their walk in the garden and God says, hmm, why are you hiding from me? And they're like, Oh, because we realized you were naked. And God's like, well, who told you you were naked? And then they're like, Oh fuck, you caught us. Um, and then God kicks them out of the garden, the end. And that's how sin came to be. Love it. <laughs> Which I also, never mind. I'll come back to that later, but yeah. So there's that. Yes, we figured all of you probably know the story already because yeah. how many God knows how many times it was taught to us growing Truly. up. Um, not enough though, so we don't have the order of things <laughs> memorized. Yeah, but we just know that it took six days to create everything, and then on the seventh day, God rested. Oh, right. I forgot about that part. That's integral. That's actually integral to the parts of my faith that I hold very tightly to is the Sabbath. But like, yes. And that is also very, that. very important in the Jewish faith as well, which is the faith that I identify with because of my heritage. Yes. Um. So the Sabbath day, very holy. That's the day that God he took, a, took a load off. Mm -hmm. And was like, gee, you know, I've done quite a bit. I'm going to take a break now. Break. Yep. Um. So, yeah, Absolutely. Um, I think that 
they they pretty much know the gist of it. So let's get into these lovely notes that you've made. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, hey, you did all of the big research on this episode. Now, by research, I just looked into the Jewish faith and the it, and like the creation and how they view it and things like that, which is Fair. very to be completely honest, it's very similar to Christianity. Okay. It's it's very very similar. There's not much different there, but I will say I will mention something later that did stand out to me when I was doing the research. Okay. Um, actually, a couple things, but actually, while I'm thinking about that, I'm going to grab. Okay, just so I know where that's at. Okay, cool. Um, when did you first interact with this Bible story, and or like what is your first memory of it? Mm-hmm. I think that this was like so early on in my Christian walk i'm gonna call it which makes me cringe a little bit that i genuinely (laughs) don't remember like i'm pretty sure that i had some sort of like board book with the genesis creation account in it when i was a kid so like this has really been around for so long that i don't remember the first time i learned it but i do remember the first time i had like the debate or i had someone raise the possibility that like those six or seven days might not have been a literal six or seven days and that was in seventh grade Mm-hmm. so that's that's my first memories of this was like being like oh yeah like god created the world like genesis 1 1 one of the first verses i ever memorized like i feel like this entire um creation story is taught as if it is something to be held with a closed fist like it is an integral part of being a christian mm-hmm. and i don't agree with that anymore but yeah yeah, I mean, I, I can probably say the same exact thing as far as, like, my first interaction with this. I think that it's one of the first things you learn when you're growing up in the church is the creation mm-hmm. story. Because yeah. where else to begin but the beginning? Yeah, true. Um, Let's start at the very beginning, for it's a very good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to go too much into it, but um, because I, I know that we're going to get into that later. Yeah. Um, But... It was very much so like God created the heavens and the earth, fish in the sea, the birds in the sky. Adam named everything. Eve came from Adam's rib. Um, Eve was the one who um, interacted with the snake in the garden. And then Adam followed suit. Mm -hmm. And bada bing, bada boom. Then they were kicked out, you know. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. And, man, I remember learning that when I was, like, five, just through, um, not VeggieTales. I don't know, did VeggieTales ever do, I don't think VeggieTales ever did the creation story. I don't know if they did. Because could you call the veggies naked? Oh, no, because they were, well, I mean, if you think about it, Bob the Tomato was always naked, and so was Larry the Cucumber. True, true. So what's the difference? But anyway... I digress. Um, or you watch some horrid, like, 90s or 80s made cartoon of mm-hmm. the uh, the creation story. So, like, they, it was always very much so our generation was fed by media. Yes. And the VeggieTales are a very clear example of that. Yes, it's very true. How are we going to tell kids Bible stories? Mm, vegetables. Like, they, were, they would do anything to teach us. And then they had a superhero too. Remember Bible Man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Ben and I ran I across a um like a Bible Man DVD or something at at um a local I... like 
thrift store and he and I both uh-huh. like Bleh. <laughs> we were just like no bad memories yeah. like PTSD I, straight up I feel like I was definitely so you know like I lean hard into my J and my ENFJ um, I was also very much like an elitist as a child, which sounds really dumb when I say it, but like I was. Oh, she was. I can't confirm. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, but I remember Bible Man being a thing along with like Salty, the Bible character and like the Odyssey stories. And I fucking hated all three of those. Like, Oh, I remember give- the Odyssey because it was a radio show. Yeah, it's also a focus on the family. So apparently I even had good taste when I was a child. Thank um, God for your elitism then, because you had good taste as a right? child. I avoided some serious shit because I was an elitist as a child, because fuck focus on the family. Um, but all of that being said, if it wasn't VeggieTales or this one like really obscure animated story of like Jesus's crucifixion, I didn't want it. True. And like... Veggie Tales was really good because they also had like oh yeah it wasn't just teaching you the bible stories specifically it was also teaching you like morals yes like yeah. um the rumor like, weed for- forgiving also mm-hmm. big on forgiveness too yeah yep. I I I love the rumor weed like she got some bobs so um she really did Larry Boy and the, the rumor weed yeah that was Larry Boy's first full length feature and by full length i think it was like 45 minutes but that was also (laughs) the first dvd i ever owned nice i'm sorry i just thought of the they did the uh they did the 3d animation for veggie tales for the most part but uh larry boy their little superhero there the cucumber did Mm -hmm. have some animated tales as well which i'm sure Mm -hmm. saved the studio buckets of money um but i remember it was larry boy and the angry eyebrows Oh my gosh, yes. And that was all about not going to bed angry because if you went to bed angry, you got some uh, angry eyebrows slapped on you and then you were just always angry, which is another good message as well. Like, don't go to bed angry. I mean, I actually disagree with that message a little bit. There's really? science that shows that we, yeah, there's literal science out there that shows that like we process and work through issues while we sleep. Like our brains do it True. for us while we are asleep. So like, I agree with the message of it. Like, don't leave conflicts unresolved. But I don't agree with the literal interpretation that you should not go to sleep angry. Like, if you are, I mean, speaking from when my husband and I were not engaged and we were just dating, like, there were some times where we had disagreements and fights and we would be like, okay, we're not going to, like, go to bed angry. And then we would stay up until, like, 1130 at night working through that shit when we should have been sleeping and blocked out time the next day to work through it because we're both teachers and we need our sleep. True. And and just so everyone knows, 11.30 in Amandaland is like 2.33 a.m. for everybody else. Okay? Thank so you it's, for it. Thank you. It's really Thank you late. for translating. You're welcome. You. No, because you said 11.30. I was like, I go to bed to 11.30 on a regular basis. And I'm like, I don't know. Our dear listeners, Amandaland is different. Amandaland is very different. Amandaland, the bedtime is like 8 p.m. We joke that when we have kids, their bedtime is going to be 6, but like it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's going to be <laughs> it's real. It's not a joke. It's going to be real. Like, oh, the it's 6 o'clock. It's your bedtime, sweetie. Here's your industrial strength blackout curtains. Go to bed. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I know which ones to get, so I'll know which ones to hang in their room. Don't worry. Perfect. Um, But I want to know, as far as the creation story goes... 
Um, how was it taught you or um, how are you used to how are you supposed to believe it to be true? Now you, you wrote that question and I want to hear your answer to it. So I can kind of build <laughs> mine. Cause I'm curious as to what you mean by that. Yes. So um, when I first learned this, I had this, I'm going to go on like a tiny sidetrack. I remember having this first grade teacher who was like a literal witch, not literal as in like she practiced witchcraft because she would probably get fired from the Christian school that she taught at. But like, I would not be surprised if she shoved little children in her oven on the weekend. She was a horrible oh, person. Oh, that kind of witch. Yes. Mm, yes. Hounsel and Gretel witch. Not fun. <laughs> yes. Bitch is too nice of a word for this woman. My mm. mother got her fired, and I'm pretty sure I have PTSD from first grade. Um, so she taught us in our memory verses, at least I'm pretty sure it was her. Somebody along the way gave me the message that, like, the earth was created – 6,000 years ago, and God literally created the earth in six days. Days could have been longer back then than they are now, but like that's how it worked. So, like, I was taught that the creation story in Genesis and the fall in Genesis should be taken literally. Like, this actually happened. Um, And it wasn't until like seventh grade that somebody challenged that belief in Bible class. And I was like, well, shit, like I had never thought about that. And our Bible teacher was like very even keeled in a lot of ways. Like he didn't really stand up for one side or another on any issue. He was very much like, well, here are like all of the opposing beliefs behind all of this. Um, Or like all of the evidence that people cite for that. So like, That was probably when I was first like, hmm, maybe it wasn't like a literal seven days. But I did hold to like that young earth belief that like the planet as a whole has only been around for 6,000 years, probably up until college. Mm -hmm. And then because like all throughout high school, we were taught like, oh, like carbon dating is faulty and unreliable. And there's no way that the earth is like millions of years old but now that i think back about it i'm like "Mm, i don't i'm gonna side with the scientists on this one yo um so like that's how i was taught it to be true but i no longer believe it to be literal seven days like sun up sun down um and i also no longer believe it to be like a literal account of creation and i'll get into that a little bit more later yeah, I mean, me personally, um, I think, I mean, I same thing. I was taught to believe it word for word. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. And like, you know, the Big Bang Theory was um, great TV show. <laughs> uh, Big Bang Theory uh, was around, and my parents' response to that was always, "Yeah, God spoke, and bang, it happened." Uh- Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. yeah no i know i know i know i mean like i'll 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 take it in a way but also we'll get into that later yeah so i was always taught to believe that this is exactly what happened it took six days he took the last day off and then everything else just kind of progressed like the way um the fall of the fall of adam and eve that kind of thing um very very literal so i i've not ever put too much thought into creation like creationism um mm-hmm. the stories the, the tales um that are told 
So I'm, I'm honestly, I, I am a very open person. I, I agree with you where I will follow science Uh and understand that that is because, because I do believe that, you know, there is a scientific pull to it. I do also believe that, you know, there's a lot of coincidences to the fact, like if we were to move just a hair further from the sun, a hair closer to the sun, that Mm -hmm. we'd be screwed. Yeah. Uh, So I think that there's, there are bigger things at play, which make me question things, but also I know that there are scientific reasons behind things too. So, um, but I'm a very open-minded person. I'm not going to look at you and say what you believe is wrong. I mean, do you have evidence? Can you prove it to me? Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, then I'm willing to discuss it. But if it's just like God spoke and bang, it happened. Okay. (laughs) That's a bit of a stretch for me. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was very, very literal for me. I agree. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you on like your point of like how the Earth's position is in relation to the sun and how the Earth's axis is tilted. Like, I think that things like that um, definitely point like they don't prove the existence of like a higher being, but they definitely point to it because I... In the same way that, like, it doesn't necessarily prove the existence of God, you also can't use that to just, like, prove the existence of humans being here because of evolution. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, yeah, I'm there with you. Yeah. 100%. All right. So let's go into, like, some of the deeper stuff on this that you've mentioned that you're going to go come back to. You're going to come back to. You're going to come back to. Yes. So, um, I want to know, because you you have this question here, too. When was this written in comparison to other books of the Bible? Yes. Go. So, according to Wikipedia, um, because I do Super cite Wikipedia, I, hey, shut up. Wikipedia has gotten better. I now encourage my students to use it not as a primary source, but as something to point them towards primary Well, yeah, sources. because they do, as long as it, they, sort, they cite their uh, sources. Yes, exactly. So um, if you go to the Wikipedia page on dating the Bible, which is not dating as in courtship, but dating as in like when each book was first written or the first um, like a copy of the book could be found. um, The Torah, which is the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers Mm -hmm. was written around 250 BCE. So 250 years before the common era, more historically or christianesely known as before christ um and that's like the latest possible date for the production of the final text of that grouping of books so when we think about that um obadiah deuteronomy ezekiel isaiah amos micah zephaniah um psalms habakkuk a bunch of other books were written and have been found to be older than the book of Genesis and the rest of the Torah, which is Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers as well. So mm-hmm. when we think about it, like Genesis may be the first book in the Bible, but it is not the oldest book in the Bible. It has not been around the longest. It just works chronologically that way. So yes. where the, the Bible, they were just like, well, might as well start at the beginning. 
Exactly. So when we look at the Bible, to lean into my Marvel analogy, when we look at the Bible, Genesis would be like Captain America. It was not the first Marvel movie to come out. That was Iron Man. But if we were to watch the Marvel movies in chronological order based on their setting, we would watch Captain America first, even though Iron Man came out first. Amanda, that is a wonderful analogy. Thank you. You should be proud (laughs) of that. I love that you brought Marvel into our Bible our bible talk i let me tell you i talked to my friend caitlin like once a week and we most of our conversations are about marvel and the bible so like i am perfect i am primed for this you prepped for that for this episode like the marvel you know the marvel uh correlation was coming folks we just had to know when Mm -hmm. oh um i mean also technically the star wars movies um true but those were also those are different because it's like sets of prequels like they designed it that way no george lucas just wanted money let's be real yes that's just wanted money. um because yes. it's the same thing like where four five and six came out and then yep. they made one two and three technically you want to watch them in the order that they were made but if you want the beginning and everything you start with one I'm still going to say that one, two, and three are not very well made because they're not interesting enough to capture my attention. And I love Star Wars, but like one, two, and three just don't do it for me. Tread lightly. Three is three is beautiful. And I love it very much. I know. I, I completely like, understand. I completely yeah. understand where you're coming from, though. They, yeah, no. Um, anyway, this is not Star Wars talk. This is not Marvel talk. This is Bible <laughs> talk. And I'm not going to get on that tangent. Damn it. You feel major knocked off. Um. So you brought up the Torah. So when I was doing my research into how do members of the Jewish faith uh, view the creation account in Genesis. Now, this is coming from someone who I didn't grow up in the Jewish faith. So literally, I just did some research this afternoon and um, came across two things that I found really interesting. The first thing that I came across is everywhere I looked for um, like how Judaism, how the creation story is told in Judaism, I was told it's a creation myth. Oh, yes. Okay. Which is interesting. It was very interesting to me to see that word instead of the creation story mm-hmm. or cre- creation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the myth, the word myth to me leaves it open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like this is an idea of what happened. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting. Um, the other thing that I found that was really interesting um is uh, the Hebrew generic word for God is used in the telling of the creation. So it's not Yahweh. Okay. At this point, when he's creating or when God, the generic word for God, is creating the heavens and the earth in six days. Mm-hmm. At that point, he's referenced as, and I'm going to butcher this and I apologize in advance. Is it the name that is unspoken? No, it's um, it's E-L-O-H-I-M. Elohim. Elohim. Okay, thank you. Yep. I, I, I'm so scared. I don't want to mispronounce things. I know Yahweh. I know Yahweh. You're um, talking to someone who went to so much Christian school, they may as well have a major in Christian studies, even though 
That's it's perfect. That's why this podcast works so well is because I know little to nothing and you know fucking everything. I do not know everything, but thank you. She she's just you're very knowledgeable, is what I mean to say. And it makes this so great is because you give so much quality information and look at it from an amazing perspective. So you are I'm a just, wonderful podcast partner. I'm just glad my stupid brain that's chock full of shit. <laughs> Yours is, is chock full of this shit. Because now like, if we ever do like a, a film podcast, fuck it. I am like, I know I, that shit, but. My limit for that will be pointing out jump cuts, assessing lighting and set design and then the perfect. rest is up to you perfect no so elohim is you're right is um who creates the heavens and the earth in six days and that is the is is made up that is the first chapter genesis okay. one is the creation of everything and then in the second story god is now referenced by the personal name yahweh and Ooh. creates adam and then also gives him dominion over the animals and then Eve. So from okay. that point on, God is referenced as Yahweh. So I just thought it was interesting that they 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 give the generic term for the first mm -hmm. part of it and the creation of things. And then now once the human aspect comes into it, now it is Yahweh. Interesting. Yeah. So that, that was something that I found interesting. Everything else pretty much is very very similar other than it being con it's called the creation myth or the creation narrative mm -hmm. and then um elohim and yahweh i thought that was interesting amazing i didn't know that that's that is really interesting i had no idea also um i have this in the notes but i also want to let our listeners know um i was holding and loving on my snake chorizo when i was researching this because i'm like no, you're not bad baby mama loves you oh so, um yeah honestly snakes are so dumb i don't i don't believe that part where it was a snake that came down from the tree and uh tempted adam and eve because i'm like mm, i don't know they're pretty dumb though Yep. And I think that's also like, I think there's a lot to be said in like the symbolism of the snake. For sure. Because like, there's also like the point in here that like, there's the all the curses that come after the fall of man, like the curse that women shall hurt in childbirth, which mm -hmm. fuck that shit. Um, and like the curse that man shall be cursed to like work the earth and that snakes shall be cursed to slither on their bellies. Like, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like, symbolism that goes there and i think that um genesis the genesis creation account is written in such a crafty way that it like almost explains things that are just part of human nature as like oh this wasn't meant to be this way in like a dreamy way is they mm -hmm. tempted eve in the garden and and now they don't have legs <laughs> <laughs> what a what a coincidence i'm i'm not sure about that <laughs> yeah, yeah not sure but um oh man i want to hear about the research that you did on this the yeah go for it so i remember when i was in probably elementary school like if you go to a christian school like evolution is a dirty word but it really i is. do remember <laughs> yeah it really is but i do remember one of my teachers teaching us about microevolution versus macroevolution which one balls 
to the walls. I don't know what I'm saying. That's a super awesome way to incorporate um, prefixes and introduce some Latin into children's vocabularies with micro and macro. But two, they talked about how microevolution is like a completely normal part of life. Like microevolution by definition is like small changes within a species. So like wolves over generations turning into house pets would be an example of microevolution versus like macroevolution would be like wolves turning into fish or vice versa fish turning into wolves mm-hmm. um and microevolution was basically like taught to me as like something acceptable something that christians can believe in um and invest their belief in without giving up their like sort of Christian belief that God created the world. So that's um, probably like my first moment where I was like, oh, like science can go hand in hand with my Christian belief, which God bless bless my students. I remember like, God, how many years ago was it? Three years ago, I had a specific group of sixth hour advanced sophomores and like to this day they might have been one of my favorite class periods I've ever had like the chemistry in the classroom was great the kids were like friends but they weren't annoying and that they like always talked to each other and we had one kid we were I remember we were reading night by Ellie Wiesel and we were talking about like faith and the role that faith plays and one kid was like look miss I with all respect like I don't believe that faith has a place in our world anymore like we have science now and I just remember like a lot of the kids getting really quiet because we have a really large Catholic and a really large LDS population at our school. So like, I would say probably about like half of our kids are pretty religious and it just got like really quiet. I just remember like looking at the kid and being like, I really appreciate your perspective, but like what makes you think that religion and faith have to be in direct opposition with one another? And he was just like, huh, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, go think about that, bud. Um, But yeah, so like that's my, that was probably like my first introduction to like the idea that like science and religion don't have to be in direct opposition. Like one does not preclude the belief in the other. Um, And then about five years ago for winter break, I went to uh, New York to visit my friend Jackie and she was like working all the time because it was my winter break and she's not a teacher. So I basically got to run around the city like the crazy travel woman that I am. Um, And I went to the American Museum of Natural History and there is an exhibit in there that you essentially like go up to this like balcony and enter this like big globe shaped theater. It's like literally shaped like a planet. Um, And in the theater, you watch like a short video that's like literally like a zoom out into space and then a zoom back into earth talking about like the evolution, um, like the big bang and like the evolution of the world and like the creation of earth from like an evolutionary perspective. And then once you exit the theater, you are like maybe a story and a half up from the bottom floor and you exit this theater by walking this like large circular ramp and as you walk down this ramp it takes you in chronological order through the order in which scientists believe evolution occurred and when you this part is like such a fucking mind-blowing experience that i literally like went back up and walked it again but when you walk down this ramp christina literally the order in which like scientists are like oh like this happened a certain million years ago and then like fish morphed into this next creature and this next creature morphed into this next creature it literally goes in the fucking order of the, of genesis the creation account. story yes 
like holy fucking shit i just remember like walking down this and being like wait a second like pulling up like my bible app on my phone and be like this order seems familiar i think it was like fish birds like land animals of the small variety bigger mm -hmm. things and so on and so forth and as like i'm having this realization i'm like oh my God, science is literally the same as the Bible, but the Bible is a literary text and science is a scientific hypothesis and holy shit. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh yeah, 100%. Um, so like, there's there's no reason why you can't consider yourself like a Christian individual and also believe science. Yeah, There's absolutely. no reason why you can't do both. And I actually... Yeah commend those who do both because they realize that you know this might seem a little far-fetched and the science behind it makes sense you know that kind of thing um not calling the creation story far-fetched by any means but it's just like my mom's you know god spoke and bang it happened okay all right <laughs> like that right. that's a bit like simple um i want to real quick get into a feminist lens here yeah do it or do and, you want me to get into it? Because I'm also prepared for that. Oh, oh, I'm just, I'm <laughs> Eve, Eve, Eve. Everything is Eve's fault. That's what I was mm -hmm. taught growing up. It's all Eve's fault. That's why women have more pain in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's why women have to quote unquote suffer more. Mm -hmm. It's because it was Eve's fault. Mm -hmm. And you made a very good point at the beginning when you were talking about the creation story. And you said Adam was right there. Yep. But every everything is Eve's fault. Yeah. And so, I think that is a crock of shit. <laughs> honestly. So if we're looking like specifically, the verse in which it happened is Genesis 3, 6. Um, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, which I also want to like point out that I think it's very funny that it was wisdom that was how the snake marketed it to Eve. And we literally just spent our last episode talking about like how great a wise woman is and that it was like literally wisdom that made Eve be like, Oh yes, I shall take a bite of this. Mm -hmm. um, Contradiction yeah. to the Bible. But anyway, I would say ironies, but yeah, um, she yes. took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open. And like, when I, when that was first pointed out to me, which probably was also in like seventh grade with the same Bible teacher who was like, I don't know, do you think it's like a literal 6,000 years ago? Or do you think it's a figurative 6,000 years ago or so on and so forth? I just remember like being like, wait a second, Adam was there with her the whole time. What the hell? Um, and then like later on down the line, I was at a... Actually, I think you were at that youth conference. Do you remember that youth conference we went to before, like with my ex-boyfriend in the big swing up north? Yes. Oh, of course. Okay. Do you remember? I remember, I think like one of the um, like speakers was talking about how like the original sin in this passage is like Adam's passivity to let Eve's do that. And Eve's like desire for knowledge desire for wisdom and like the speaker then like extrapolated that into a desire for power which i don't necessarily agree with because then he used it to like this might be a different pastor now that i think about it because i don't think 
I don't think. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't no. Think I think this is a different. Yeah, okay. So never mind. This wasn't there. This was sometime, but like it was still associated with that church. Um, right, like, right. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, but it was like essentially taught that like it was Adam's passivity that was his original sin to not stand up and stop what was wrong. Um, and it was Eve's desire for power, which it's not necessarily power. Eve wants its wisdom, which like who can blame her? But that those two things were like the original sins. And we still see those original sins play out today, which like on one hand, I do agree with that to some degree. But on the other hand, I don't think that those sins have to be like associated specifically with Adam as a male and Eve as a female. I think that like passivity is a sin, especially when injustice is occurring. And I also think that like hunger for power or hunger for wisdom when it um will harm you so to speak is a sin in a way that will harm yourself and others yes i'm sorry i was giving you snaps oh thank you <laughs> yeah no i i completely agree i think that that is an excellent way to look at it and it it kind of kind of feeds into how i feel about this bible story now and i think it should be taken with a grain of salt mm-hmm. um i think that it is a good story because that's what it is it's a story as as mm-hmm. they say as what i found the myth mm-hmm. um and i think that science is important and science should be listened to um and i also like your interpretation of not focusing on the gender or who did what mm-hmm. but rather what they did as the sin you know not like eve was the sinner more so you know her obsession almost maybe it could be coined as obsession for knowledge um whereas you know adam's just like you said passiveness when it it involved harm to others Mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah i think that that's really interesting and that's that's kind of how i feel about the bible story now is that take it with a grain of salt definitely listen to science and, and keep an open mind and look at it from a figurative lens because I think that's better than taking it literally. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I think that it's a great, I think that it is a like beautiful story. And I think that like when it's taught in like an age appropriate way, um, it is a good story to share. But I also think that it's important to like incorporate science, especially if you are teaching it to children oh 100 <laughs> you, you can't just say god spoke and bang it happened and yeah. not expect children to not have questions honestly which also like i would also say that like scientifically speaking if i mean like you've heard like things combust before noise happens when combustion happens mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if like let's say that like someday everybody dies and we go to heaven and God's like, yeah, actually that was supposed to be literal. Like I would have no doubt if it was actually a really loud event, but also like who knows? Oh, for part sure. of me also says who cares <laughs> because like, this is not one of those closed handed issues as far as I'm concerned. I know we, we got bigger fish to fry right now. Uh, honestly. Um, but I think that that kind of feeds into your recommendation for this week. It does. Yes. So I, while like prepping for this and like writing notes, I was looking up 
some thoughts about like literal versus figurative interpretations of Genesis one through three. And I actually found a really interesting like theological blog post from the Bible Institute of Los Angeles, also known as Biola University, about taking a literal versus figurative interpretation. And one of their visiting professors um, basically gives his argument in defense of a figurative interpretation of Genesis one through three. And I um, grew up wanting to go to Biola, but didn't end up going there because that shit's expensive. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I took a reading to it and thought it was pretty interesting and just want to share that in case anybody else wants to read it. Love that. Yeah. What about and you? A figurative lens is always something that's that's really good. Now, Amanda and I have <laughs> kind of talked about this a little bit already. I don't know if you can yeah. see me typing. Yeah. <laughs> I can. Um, but we're talking about creation. Um, so go build something of your own creation. Uh, there's a video game that I'm going to recommend. And it's something that I'm really, really um, kind of obsessed with right now. I've been playing a lot of it. And this is for people who have loved like the Harvest Moon games, Story of Seasons, um, Rune Factory, any of those games, Stardew Valley. Yeah, it is a, a great, great little game. Um, I actually just looked it up on the Nintendo shop. It's $15 right now. So it is a little bit higher than I thought it was, but um, still at a low cost for a really, really popular game. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if it's at a lower cost on other platforms, but on the Nintendo Switch, which is what I have it on, um, it's $15. It is a fantastic game that uh, basically, if you are familiar with the Harvest Moon games or the Story of Seasons games, you get this farm from a relative who has passed, and you go into the town and start building your life. And so you start building your farm, you start building... Um, you know, all this kind of stuff. But it does have a fantasy twist to it as well. So, um, you know, you can go mining for things and fight off monsters and all this jazz. So it's it's a really, really fun game. Um, the creator uh, who goes under the name Concerned Ape. Um, uh -huh. It's one person who published it, one person who developed it. Um, and they've made a wonderful game. And it has stayed at a very low price despite its popularity. Mm -hmm. um, which just goes to show, go support independent game uh, creators. Don't mm -hmm. always feed into the like the Mario's, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, highly recommend it. It's on multiple platforms. Uh, I feel like the most popular is PC. Yeah, uh, so you can get it on Steam, uh, but um. I also know that it's on Nintendo Switch, which is what I have it on because I have a little Chromebook and I cannot do much more than recording this podcast on this laptop so i feel um, that yeah no it's it's a great little game honestly amanda i think you'd love it and if you have the game on the same platform as somebody else um you can do online multiplayer and they go to your farm help you out you can go to theirs help them out all that jazz mm -hmm. it's super fun i love it awesome highly recommended but yeah anyway i might have to get that yeah, if 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 you want, I I think that you'll really enjoy it. Um, it's 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 a lot of fun. I feel like I would really love it, especially because like my basically my favorite games I have found are games that involve 
creation, like creating things and Mm -hmm. puzzles. Like I'm not much of one for fighting unless like I have to fight for resources. But even in like Breath of the Wild, I was like, what do you mean I have to fight these monsters? Oh, I need their parts for and that's exactly what oh, they do Jen. in Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley as well. You fight the monsters because they're actually in areas where you collect like minerals and stuff that you oh, need to build. Perfect. So okay. you have to fight them off because you're trying to like basically work around them. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so you will excellent, have a ton excellent. of fun of it. Well, Amanda, this was so much fun. I loved the technically we recorded two episodes today, but yes! I loved I loved this one because this was a story that you know we both grew up on, and we kind of kind of got to analyze it. I wouldn't say we tore it apart, but I think we just analyzed it in a very healthy way and mm-hmm. made some uh, rationalizations from it. We looked at it as grown-ups. We did. We're no longer children. Amazing. <laughs> All right, Amanda, but how can people reach out to us? Yes. All right, everyone. You can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at DearGodWTH. If you reach out to us on Twitter, you will most likely get Christina. If you reach out to us on Instagram, you will most likely get me. You can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your, wherever you listen to this podcast. Blah. Am I missing anything? Is that everything? I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, And we will be back next Friday at God awful early hours of the morning with new episodes for your ears. Yes. Yes. 5 a.m. <laughs> yes. Well, 5 a.m. Eastern time. Yes. It might actually, it might no. actually be 4 a.m. Eastern time. I don't know. I don't fuck with well, you. Super like, early in the morning. When you're up, you'll hear it. I just follow my phone calendar clock and let mm-hmm. it tell me what to do. Exactly. I love <laughs> technology telling us what to do. Yes. Well, thank you everyone so, so much for listening. This has been yet, ina- yet again another episode of Dear God. What the hell? Bye. Bye.